Hi, I'm Father Daniel Duplantis, a Catholic priest, martial artist, and host of the Karate Priest Podcast. Have you ever wondered what the Church teaches about different topics? Are you a martial arts enthusiast or just someone who wants to learn more about martial arts? I'd like to invite you to join me and many guests on my podcast as we cover topics of faith, everyday living, and martial arts on the Karate Priest Podcast. Welcome back to season three of A Catholic's Perspective, the podcast about being a young Catholic surviving in a secular world. Welcome back. So this is a part two to our first um, episode about yoga. We have Brian back with us. Thank you for coming back on, Brian. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Of course. And so this one's going to be a little bit more interesting. I know we kind of touched on the basics of yoga in the beginning, so we're going to kind of go back over that just a little bit. Um, but in this episode, we're going to discuss more about um, Christian yoga. So, you know, stated and, and like, can it be Christianized? Because, you know, we've Christianized pagan holidays and things and stuff in the past, right? Quote unquote. So what makes yoga any different? Why can't we, you know, why can't we Christianize that? Um, and we're just going to kind of talk about like, what is Christian yoga and what are some alternatives and all those types of things. So thanks for coming back on, Brian. Yes, I'm looking forward to it. Yes, I am too. So I guess to just kickstart off really quick, do we want to give an overview of what we discussed in the previous podcast for those who didn't listen? Yeah, I think that's important because um, people, in order to say, can we do Christian yoga? Is there such thing as Christian yoga? And if we, you know, many people say, oh, you can't do yoga. Well, okay, well, what if we just do Christian yoga? That's better, mm -hmm. right? Well, I think we need to understand what yoga is. So the two-minute synopsis <laughs> is that yoga I mean, many people say that yoga can be practiced by anybody. You know, it's not like a Hindu religion or something, and it's not a, a religion. I agree. But the first time you ever hear about yoga in history come from the Vedas, comes from the Bhagavad Gita and the Upanishads, which are the three different Hindu scriptures. So yoga is in, it started out with Hinduism and it came down through Hinduism through for thousands of years. And uh, there were many different types of yoga, but Pantajali, who was a sage in the yoga religion, I'm sorry, in the Hindu religion, he kind of took all of the different types of yoga and then he made like one kingly yoga, Raha, Raja yoga. And basically that yoga is consisting of eight different branches, um, meaning studying, dietary laws, uh, asanas, which are seated positions for meditation. And then, of course, the meditation, concentration, mindfulness, and then samadhi, which is enlightenment or, you know, becoming one with the whole universe. And that's what yoga means. Yoga means to integrate or to yoke yourself. So when you do yoga, you're supposed to integrate your mind, your body, and your soul. And once you have peace with yourself, then your goal is to become one and integrate yourself into the divine, into all that is. And so that's been the purpose and goal of yoga for thousands of years is to become one with the universe. And that's what uh, uh, Buddha did, in fact. And most people don't know that Buddha attained enlightenment by doing yoga. So when we look at yoga, people say it's just exercise, but it's far more than just exercise because out of the eight branches, only one of those are asana or postures. And most of them were not exercises. They were just seated, different seated postures and a few stretches to help your body become strong so that you could sit in meditative position for hours. And finally, I would just say, 
that when you look at yoga in its practice, it's a spiritual way of life. The whole purpose of any exercise, if there was any at all, and for most of history, there wasn't hardly any exercise in yoga, but the little exercise that there was, was to help them to become free of this world, to, to break the chains of karma. So can yoga be Christianized? I mean, isn't that's a fair question, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because it's like, you think, oh, you know, well, we can Christianize other things, but yoga is a little bit different, you know? Yeah, it is a little bit different. Um, And and we have Christianized things in the past. Like, I don't know if you know this, but the halos that saints have behind their heads, you see them in the stained glass windows, you see the big circles behind their heads. Uh Those were originally called nimbuses and they were pagan. And originally they were only on the pagan emperor. And that was to symbolize his divinity, that he was divine. That's what it meant. So Christians started saying, no, 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 no. The (laughs) the emperor's not divine. There's only one divine person in this world and that's Jesus Christ. So originally they started putting what we call the halo behind Jesus's head to show that he's divine. But over time, it evolved. And it just uh, came to equivocate to really important people who have done important heroic things for the for the for the Roman Empire. And anyone who was like an army, you know, general who won many battles or someone was who was incredibly smart and saved Rome, you know, like really prominent people started to have smaller ones behind their head as opposed to the big one that the Roman emperor had. So they started putting them behind saints too, to say, no, the only people worth venerating and the really heroic people are the saints. And so, yeah, we took that pagan practice, but here's the thing. We have to ask ourselves, if we want to Christianize anything, what's the purpose of it? Why are we doing it? Are we doing it just for fun? (laughs) No, the Christians were so, they were starving to save the pagan people and to have them know the one true God, to have them leave their false pagan practices, which lead to death, destruction, and hell, and to save their souls and bring them to know the one true God, Jesus Christ. That's the reason they did it. So anything they baptized or anything they they made uh, Christian was to help them to become Christian, was to draw them to Jesus Christ. Now, can yoga be Christianized? Well, number one, no, <laughs> in a sense, because it's a Hindu practice. I mean, it's a spiritual practice with many different parts that include meditation, contemplation, mindfulness, and karma, and all of these other things. They're all part of yoga. You say, yeah, but I'm only doing the exercises. And we said in our last show that, okay, the exercises weren't started with yoga. They they preceded yoga. Yoga. yoga kind of took the exercises only about a century to a century and a half ago and made them part of yoga. And so if you want to do just exercise at home, if you want to do just stretching and you think it's important, we do too. And you can do that. But it's not yoga. You can't do them in a yoga class because yoga classes add all of these other spiritualities. Well, that's why we're doing Christian yoga, Brian, because we want to get rid of that Hindu stuff. And we want to just put some Bible verses in there. We want to just put some Christian music on. And we want to just, you know, work out to the Lord, you know, <laughs> that's, that, noble. that's not yoga anymore then. <laughs> That's exactly right, because yoga is a spiritual way of life to free yourself from karma and become one with all that is. Well, we can do that too, Brian. We can become one with God. Sure. But why? See, here's the thing. When Christians paganized, I'm sorry, when Christians Christianized pagan practices, number one, they changed the name so they didn't confuse everybody. And number two, they got rid of all incompatible parts that were pagan, that were against Jesus. And they only kept 
which was not incompatible with Jesus, because not everything that's pagan is against God. I mean, calendars are of pagan origin. Wedding rings are of pagan origin. Baptism is of pagan origin. There's a burning candles are of pagan origin, but the Jews did a lot of these things too, because not everything is inherently bad or against God, but some things are directly pagan and worship false gods and do bad things. And those are the things that you don't want to do. So Christians, they got rid of things. Number one, their intention was to bring people to Christ, right? What is the intention of Christian yoga? Well, we like the exercises and we want to do it. So we're just going to put a Christian stamp on it. <laughs> you know, that's basically the purpose of it is they just like yoga and they want to do it and they know it's Hindu and they're not supposed to do that. So they're just going to call it Christian, but that's not the way Christianizing things works. Uh, we change the name. So if you want to change, if you want to do something like Christian yoga, and there are things out there like that, which we're going to talk about at the end of the show, like Pietra Fitness, uh, which is a Catholic workout. There are things like that, but they change the name. Name, number one, they remove the incompatible parts. Number two, a lot of, from what I've seen, Amber, a lot of people in the Christian world, they still talk about grace. They still talk about energy. They still talk about centering yourself. They're trying to do Christian yoga, but they haven't removed the incompatible parts, not all of them, because either they're not catechized enough, or they just don't know the new age aspects of them enough. And they think, well, those aren't bad. You know, so they didn't remove the incompatible parts either, which is very, very, very important. Hence the halos, which are now called halos by everybody, whereas before they were nimbuses. Uh, and the purpose was to bring people to Christ. Um, and third, um, the if you're just want to do exercise, that's not yoga anymore. Stop calling it yoga. I know you need to because you want to make money and draw people to your practice, but it's not yoga anymore. Yoga is not exercise. Yo In fact, Hindus are like, eh, they're like, their hair stands up on the back of their necks when they hear Americans and Westerners call uh, yoga exercise. In fact, one of the quotes I put in my book here, it's called Confit Spirituality, and it talks all about new age practices. And uh, it talks about one of the Hindu swamis, that's what they're called, the, the leaders. And one of them talks about how Christians have the Lord's Supper, right? He, and she says, when you go home and eat bread in your house, are you participating in the Lord's Supper? And she says, of course you're not. Right. If you go to a friend's house and you drink a sip of wine, are you participating in the Lord's Supper? She says, of course you're not. I'm not even a Christian and I know that. So why do you think that you're doing yoga when you're just doing exercise? She's like, you're taking a brick within a house, but you're calling it the house. She said, yoga is so much more than exercise and exercise is the least important part that no one even focuses on. And you're calling that yoga. She says, that's not yoga. And I agree with her 100%. So if you're going to even try to Christianize something, you need to change the name. You need to remove the income parts and you need to stop confusing everybody by calling it the same thing. Yeah, I've seen that a lot too. I mean, it, especially in today's culture, we try to make things into what they're not just for clout or some kind of payment, like you said, like getting paid for it, because it, it is a, a very um, in-demand type thing right now where people are really into spirituality and things. And that calls into question the whole thing about, you know, scandal and, and as Christians participating in yoga classes and things like that who say, oh, well, I'm just doing it for the exercises. I'm not here for the spiritual part of it, but they still go to a yoga class and stuff like that. That still creates a big scandal, right? 
Yeah, and I want to talk about that scandal, but first, uh, and I have a ton of books, as you can see, all the way down <laughs> below my camera on yoga, and um, this one's called Holy Yoga by Brooke Boone, and mm -hmm. uh, she tr she's the kind of the founder of Holy Yoga, she's the one who Christianizes it, she has a whole online um, practice, like literally you can go online, pay tons of money and do all her yoga stuff. And she gives you seminars in depth and all of that. And she's a Christian and she claims to do Christian yoga. But here's the thing I've have read actually in other books, um, like, like bigger books. She's like, here she is again in a, in a secular book with Martin Kirk and Daniel Torino. And just, if you open just the first few pages, she, He's talking about all of this Hindu stuff that is not compatible with Christianity. In other words, she claims to be a Christian and claims to have gotten rid of all that Hindu stuff, but yet she's talking about Hindu things in the secular world. So I'm wondering, oh, is she just trying to look good in front of the Christian world to sell all this stuff, but while secretly holding to the Hindu stuff too? But so she's, if anybody knows and finds out about this stuff and starts practicing it, that's scandal and that's a mortal sin. So in, uh, if you go to her classes and stuff too online, you'll find out that she thinks that Jesus told her that it's okay that she divorced her husband and, that, and wants to get remarried and this sort of thing. So there's a lot of problems that I've heard about this. Um, but yeah, here's the thing. If you go to a class and you say, you know what? I'm not doing any of the Hindu stuff, Brian. Yeah, okay, maybe they do some meditations and you know, maybe they talk about some bad things, but I don't practice those. You know, I'm just there for the exercise. And when everyone else is meditating, I just close my eyes and I think about pizza that I'm going to eat later. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and so, you know what? Okay, that's noble. But let me ask you a question. When you're in a class and you're, your classes are, let's say, doing meditation or talking about, you know, chakras or talking about, you know, you know, doing a mantra or something. When people see your eyes closed and you're sitting in the lotus Indian leg cross-legged position and you're just sitting there silently or you're laying on your back and you're saying nothing, just like everyone else, do people know that you're not meditating? Do people know you're not centering yourself? Do people know that you're not participating in that spiritual stuff? Or does it look like you're doing it like everyone else? So this is what's called the sin of scandals that you can, you know, most people don't know that you're doing that. So, you know, Sally Bob, who's in the class with you, she goes to church and people say, hey, I saw you in the yoga class. You know, like I thought Christians weren't supposed to do yoga. And she says, oh, but I saw Amber there and she was laying down doing it. And that was fine. You know, she's a good Christian and she didn't have a problem with it. So I don't have a problem with it. So you shouldn't have a problem with it. And then people just go say, oh, well, yoga is okay. You know, so it can lead to a lot of problems, questions, scandals, and people getting into a practice that is not good. So let's say that your class has just exercise. Let's say somehow they have got rid of everything else and it really is just exercise. Well, other people don't know that. You don't explain that. You know, you just say, oh, I take yoga and I love it. It's good for my body. And oh, well, I'm going to do that too. And then they go get into kundalini energy and all these other practices that are just exercise. So it can be problematic on different levels. Right. No, absolutely. And I mean, we don't see that just with yoga. We see that with other things as well. You know, Christians who act one way in church, but then a different way outside of church, you know, watching TV shows and movies that aren't good for them and, and participating in things that, you know, aren't good for them. And yoga, oh my I gosh, think totally. It's like one of those, I think yoga is one of those things in my generation that's really um, taken off though, because you know, we just like, well, it's just exercises, you know, but then they go to a yoga class and you do all those things. And 
I remember being tempted to do that when I was in high school because I'm like, oh, that'd be so cool. Like hanging out with my friends, doing yoga, like in a hot, whatever they're called, like hot saunas <laughs> and things and, and sweat lodges or yeah, something. Sweat lodges. Yeah. Bikram yoga. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, well, if there's any demons in me, I'm going to sweat them out, I guess. But <laughs> 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 That's not really that. That's bad. really funny. <laughs> but um, no, it's not. It, but it's just crazy to me how people try to, um, I guess, create something it's not because, I mean, what are some alternatives to yoga? I mean, there's Pilates and there's some other alternatives, but, you know, people try to Christianize something, but I mean, yoga obviously cannot be Christianized. The exercises are not of yoga, the religion precisely, but, um, you know, what are some alternatives to yoga? Yeah. Can I just make a comment on your last thought before I answer that question? Because you make a really good point. You make a good point that people get into yoga and maybe not even wanting to get into the spiritual stuff. But you know what I see? I see the devil taking over because, I mean, exorcists tell us to stay away from yoga, that there is the possibility that even if you don't get to possess, you can contract evil spirits that are part of, Mm -hmm. I mean, Hindu practice, Hindus worship false gods. It's a Hindu practice through and through. So it could have stuff attached to it, first of all. And that's just on the minor side. But What I see is that, and this is for Reiki too, you know, people say, uh, and we need to do a whole show on Reiki because that needs to be exposed. But, um, you know, people say, oh, you know, I do Reiki and it just makes me feel good. People are just, you know, channeling energy into me and I just feel good. I see nuns doing this. I see priests doing this. And I've had a priest who had to go to a nun's uh, convent to exercise the convent and some of the nuns because they were all into Reiki. They uh-huh. had demons that penetrated the, the, uh, yeah, that's a, sorry. I won't get into that, but that's a whole nother thing. My wow. bottom line is people get into things innocently and then have bad things happen. So what I see in Christians is that they go to a yoga class on Sunday and they, they do yoga. They feel great stretching because exercise makes you feel good. They lay down at the end of class. They do some deep breathing. You know what? So they, wow, this makes me feel better than church. I don't feel, you know, this good at church. And so while they don't mean to get into, they might not even be getting into Hindu stuff. They might just be doing exercise, but now yoga has become their religion. Right. Yoga, they go do faithfully every Sunday and they don't go to church. But can yoga save your soul? Can yoga get you out of the fires of hell? And can yoga get you to heaven? No, only Jesus Christ who died for your sins can. Yoga cannot forgive your sins. So we have these, you know, conflations where we conflate two different things and that's problematic. That's why we recommend people, if you want to do exercise and you find this beneficial, we highly recommend that you do exercise. You do stretching, you do deep breathing. It's scientifically healthy, though when it's connected to yoga, it actually is connected to the goddess Shaki who means energy. And when they breathe, they're actually breathing, breathing in the energy to actually alter their state of consciousness to help themselves lose themselves into the divinity of all that is. So there are some other things you can do. Number one, as you mentioned, Pilates is a great stretching and strengthening routine. Yes, there can be some new age Pilates out there, but you know the majority is not. Um, there are good gymnastics programs that have great strengthening and stretching programs uh, that have been used for hundreds of years. Uh, you can use something, called, it's kind of older and it's kind of cheesy, like just the way it looks, because it looks like it's from the, like the early 90s or something, but it's called Holy Fit. Uh, W-H-O-L-L-Y, holy fit. So you're trying to become whole. Um, And it's a decent exercise program that's similar to yoga. It has exercise, it has stretching, but it's a Protestant Christian practice. Um, just strictly Christian where the, you know, they have music and they have some Christian meditations and stuff. And then they have something called Pietra, P-I-E-T-R-A, 
Pietra Fitness, which is a Catholic, uh, you can't call it Catholic yoga practice, but I just say that so you can know that it's very similar to yoga. They have professional dance instructors on there who, honestly, I couldn't even do the second level. <laughs> and I definitely <laughs> couldn't do the third level because these are professionals and they give you a lot of stretching and strengthening exercises. And they they start out with Christian meditation on, on, on scripture. They have Christian music playing in the background. Then they pray Christian uh, Catholic specifically, because it's a Catholic practice, Catholic prayers at the end. And they have nothing new age in it. They have nothing Hindu in it. It's literally just Christian exercise. Um, and they're not trying to Christianize a pagan practice. They're just getting rid of the pagan practice and doing something Christian for Christ that's not incompatible with our Bible, with Jesus Christ, and with the Christian faith. So Pietra Fitness, I highly recommend it, and people can check that out. They have a whole website, P-I-E-T-R-A fitness.com, and um, I would recommend that. Yeah, no, that's awesome, because I mean, as a young adult, for me especially, I love working out, you know, I, I do, and I remember... I also have a friend who's like horrified of just accidentally doing yoga. And I'm like, girl, you can't accidentally do it. You <laughs> you like, if you're accidentally doing it, it's not yoga. No, absolutely. Oh, yoga is like a whole an intentional uh, spiritual practice to help you to find the divine. You can't accidentally practice yoga. Some people think that, well, I did a yoga posture. Well, you know, and as we said in the last episode, and I have a whole video on this on our Catholic Truth YouTube video that some people misunderstood and didn't like, but many yoga, most 95, 90, I would even say 98% of all yoga postures, stretches, and practices came from Western gymnastics, contortionism bodybuilding and our uh, YMCA calisthenics and programs like that. They never even heard of in the system of yoga until about eight, the late 1800s when they started stealing Danish gymnastics <laughs> and um, primordial gymnastics, women's harmonial gymnastics. Most of what yoga is today is what? Stretching. Yeah. Mostly just stretching. The, the vinyasa and strengthening yoga came later, but the breathing and the stretching were primarily historically women's practices that were taken by yoga and put into yoga. The back in the day in the 1800s, early 1900s, they actually separated women and men. Women had stretching and breathing and men had mostly stretch, uh, stretch, <clears throat> sorry, strengthening and breathing. So they were very different practices, uh, but yoga took a little bit of both and put them in one. Interesting. And it's crazy. So my bottom line is, sorry, sorry. So no, no, when the ahead. bottom line is that if you're just stretching, let's say you do the pigeon stretch or the downward dog, those were not yoga poses. They were gymnastic poses that yoga took and renamed with their own names. That's why we're saying you can't do the stretches and strengthening in yoga because then you're making it part of yoga and you're bringing it into a spiritual worldview. But if you do it at home, you can't do it by accident. Many physical therapists use these stretches because they're good and they weren't originally part of yoga. Right. Sorry, I just had oh, to say no, that. No, you're fine. Yeah, no, it's good to clarify because I mean, when I dislocated both of my kneecaps, I had to do certain exercises like child's pose and certain things to help with the ligaments to stretch. Otherwise, you know, I wouldn't have full range of motion of my leg anymore. And the entire time I would just be like, is this practicing yoga? And I'd be like, <laughs> out. and in, I mean, then I wasn't in my faith. The second time I did it, I was in my faith. So I was like, I can't do this. But, um, in reality, you know, I love like exercising and doing all that stuff. And 
you know, I do you in order to exercise properly, though, you do need to warm up and cool down through stretching. And I would always be super scrupulous and paranoid about like, okay, is this posture like appropriate for a Christian or something? And I would never specifically do yoga poses at the gym, because I think that can also create scandal if people see you doing that. And like, you're a, a Christian, you know, you have Christian attire on or something, because again, like you said, they don't know, they can't read your mind. They don't know what you're doing. Um, but also I see a lot of people on the internet who will claim Catholic yoga or Christian yoga and things like that. And, you know, people go after them and say, Hey, you know, you can't, you know, you can't do this. Like this isn't right. Um, but, but the main thing is, is that they don't, I, Personally, I don't even know if the people who do that are Catholic or Christian themselves. Like you said, with that one lady, it seems like a lot of times they just try to target the Christians and Catholics to get extra money. Or maybe just in name only. Yeah, or just in name only. But adding the Christian to it kind of opens you up to a whole other um, group of people, you know, that you can reach instead of just, you know, uh, worldly, you know, people. Yeah, exactly. And uh, there's nothing wrong with inherently with adding spirituality to exercise. I mean, if you want to offer your exercise to God, if you want to try to become healthier in mind, body and soul for God and for this world to try to be a better person, there's nothing inherently wrong with that. And I put it, if you don't mind, I put in my book here on page 54, that B.H. Ling, most people have never heard of this man in the, in the, in the history. He started what's known as Scandinavian gymnastics or um, Swedish gymnastics. And they eventually became to know, be known as medical gymnastics because they were, the goal of them was to connect your mind, body, and soul through exercise movements and breathing. Sound familiar? It didn't start with yoga. And also um, Ling gymnastics was one of, several forms in the 1800s that tried to do this. They wanted flexibility and freedom. So they were trying to make people better as a whole person. Later on, yoga would appropriate that into their own practice, whereas just a spiritual practice, but later they would add the exercises and all that, but it didn't start with them. Hmm. And that's interesting too, because I think, you know, as Catholics, there's so many misconceptions about our faith that we're constantly trying to defeat and fight back on. And yet we don't realize that there's so many misconceptions about other things as well, such as yoga. You know, I never would have known this had we not actually done this whole, you know, series and things. And it's just interesting to me how, you know, we are, we aren't really willing to do our own research. And maybe it's because we don't know, we just hear it and we're like, oh, that's it. But I mean, when it comes to something like another religion, I, I, I think our generation is a little brainwashed, you know, in the sense of like, oh, you know, the world tells you just do what makes you happy and or what do what makes you feel good. And then we get into things like Reiki and yoga and new age things and crystals and all this while still subscribing to our Christian faith. But in reality, they're contradictory, you know, and I think it's something I've experienced a lot where you try to tell people things like, hey, you know, yoga is not good, but stretching is good. But because they've been raised with the idea that yoga and stretching are the same thing, they just subscribe to yoga. Um, exactly. Like Many don't know better. It. Yeah. It's like, you can't separate it because the world has just pushed it so much. And I'm always wondering like how you can really like talk to people about it and be like, Hey, you know, actually they are separate and stuff because most people these days are just so closed off. They, they just don't want to learn anything. Yeah, 
No, no doubt. And I've gotten to so many conversations with people and be like, you know, why are you doing yoga? You know, that comes from like the, you know, Hindu religion, you know, it has a lot of spiritual practices that are incompatible with the Christian faith. That's the way I put it, mm-hmm. you know? And so they say, well, you know, it's just stretching. It's just exercise. I'm like, actually, it's more than just exercise. They're like, no, it's just exercise. And I'm like, do you know what the word yoga means? That's where I start. Yeah. They're like, no, yeah. I'm like, it, it comes from the, the Hindu Sanskrit which from the word yuj, Y-U-J, and it means to yoke or to integrate. What does that mean? And they're like, I don't know. I was like, well, it doesn't sound like you know a lot about the what the practice you're practicing. <laughs> you yeah. know. And so I said, you know, it's actually a lot more than just exercise. You know, it has eight branches that are traditionally yoga, even in Hatha yoga, which is the exercise posture form of yoga. It was primarily primarily a spiritual practice. And we have BK Iyengar in his first pages. This is the exercise form of like yoga. And he says in his first pages that yoga is not exercise he says it he says yeah. it's a spiritual practice and so um and so i tell these people okay let me ask you a question you say it's just exercise have you ever had to do deep breathing they said yeah i said have you ever done like meditation they said yeah but i don't do meditation i think of something else oh so you do have it in your class and it's not just stretching anymore you know so yeah. that some of these people are forced to admit like have you ever heard the word chakra you know they well well yeah you know so a lot of these people just don't know like you said you know they're not educated enough to know and so it's kind of like people uh, we have a whole chapter in this book that I have here on horoscopes and psychics and astrology. And people get into that innocently. They don't know better. They don't know that it opens doorways to the dark side that should left be better left closed. And that's the same thing with yoga. I think many people get into it you know, innocently and they just don't know better, which is why it's good that you're doing shows like this to educate people on it. Yeah. And I think it's really important due to the fact we live in such a new age world, you know, it's everywhere. I mean, there was a Satan temple that was just built like a couple months ago, I think in Chicago. And it's something that, um, I mean, not that that has anything to do with yoga, but you know, um, but it's just interesting to me how like the pagan practices Christians were fighting 2000 years ago, we're still fighting them. But the issue is that because they're under a new title, a new name, a new packaging that's super sparkly and receptive, Christians fall into the, the, um, the, basically the trap of it. Just like, you know, when, um, uh, Moses was leading, you know, the Jews out of Egypt and, or yeah. And out of Egypt and stuff like they fell back into pagan practices because they were around it so much and stuff. And they made false idols with Aaron and all these things. And Moses came down and he's just like, what is going on? What is happening? <laughs> and it's interesting because Christians continue falling into that trap, you know, where they see something and without thinking about it, they just start doing it again. Obviously it was a little different because, you know, the Christ- the Jews were mad at God for leading them into the desert or whatever. But it's just interesting to me because you know, we've been fighting these exact same issues for 2000 years, and we've been fighting the same exact misconceptions in Catholicism for over 2000 years. Um, and yet we're still having to fight it. It's just Christians aren't as in their faith as they should be. And so they don't know how to, you know, combat that. And it's like, what happens if you have a friend who's into yoga, and they consider themselves a Christian. Well, you're probably going to consider yoga to be okay, like you said, because they're your friend and they're a Christian, so it should be fine, you know? And it just starts this cycle of um, misinformation and miscommunication. 
Absolutely. And uh, not to shamelessly plug myself again, but that's why I wrote this book is so Christians could have a manuscript to know what's good, what's bad, you know, and what's spiritual, what's not, what's compatible with Catholicism and Jesus and what's not like we need to educate ourselves. As you said, you know, this has been happening for 2000 years. Gnosticism, Gnosticism happened in like the time of Jesus and even before, and we still are struggling with it. Many of the new age practices come from Gnosticism. It's still a part of our practice. Many of it comes from, much of it comes from the occult and many of, much of it comes from Hinduism, Buddhism. We just don't know better. And those are around long before Christianity. Jesus came to fix those problems and yet the devil's still tricking people by them. Sibelianism in the second century said that, you know, the father, son, and Holy Spirit is one God and one person. God's just wearing three different masks. Well, the Pent- oneness Pentecostals who still exist today, they were started in the 1900s. They still believe that. Oh, there's other ones like Arianism, which started in the 300s. Jehovah's Witnesses actually teach exactly what Arians taught in the 300s. So all of these things, as you said, are repackaged. And in the 1960s, the New Age movement exploded. And then people thought it died out, but it didn't. As you rightly said, you were right on target. It didn't die out. It just evolved and it changed the names and it changed practices. And it just evolved into different things that people are like, oh, well, that's not bad anymore. Mm -hmm. It's just this, or that's just that. And that's a big problem. Yeah. I think a lot of, a lot of the times we've been so, I don't know if the word would be like, we've just become so used to it. You know, we've become desensitized to it because it's in TV shows and it's in movies and we see our friends do it and it's on the internet and we see books about it and we see like poster boards about it on the way to church. And, you know, it's one of those things when something's pushed in your face so much, you're just like, well, you know, if it's around this long, it can't be that bad. Right. And um, if you see it so often, you become desensitized to it. It's just, it's really easy to do. And if your catechesis stinks over the last 50 years and people haven't been passing on the faith to their kids like they should have been, then you don't know the difference because you haven't trained your kids in the faith. And the, some of the recent most, most recent Pew polls have showed that Catholics are the worst mm-hmm. for passing on their faith to their kids and catechizing their, 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 their church. Yeah, which is insane to think because we are literally the original Christians. Like we are the one true church and yet we struggle so much in catechesis and and trying to spread our faith and yet yoga spreads their faith so easily like you know and stuff it's it's very interesting i have a book here this is a whole show on itself so we'll not get into it but <laughs> it it is interesting but this is the decline and fall of the catholic church in america it's like i don't even know like 800 pages of oh of like it's it's big. It's it's at least three or 400 pages. And um, I've read most of it. And it talks about how the Catholic Church collapsed after Vatican II and why. And it gives all the reasons. And um, <clears throat> much of the reasons, m- many of the reasons, some did, but most of the reasons didn't actually have to do with Vatican II, but with the world that, that, that really attacked the church at that time. For example, before Vatican II, we were all in what was known as religious ghettos. Like mm-hmm. we never associated with the world. But at that time, when John F. Kennedy became a Catholic president and all these people, I mean, we were second and third class citizens in this country. I don't know if you knew that. We had the worst jobs. The The average 
lifespan of a Catholic man in the United States was 35 because oh. they he, he was deadly because the jobs they gave Catholics were so bad because we were not like everybody else. We were papists and Protestants didn't in this country didn't trust us. And so finally, everyone around the world started accepting Catholics because we were fighting in the world war and they were like, okay, they're not so bad. And at one point, we, they, we were finally accepted and we came out and we started associating with the world. And that's exactly the moment that the sexual revolution exploded. The new age movement exploded. Anarchy exploded. Scientism exploded. Science is everything. We don't need God. That's old, outdated, superstitious garbage. All of this stuff, the sexual revolution, everything exploded at once. And Catholics came into the midst of it and were just annihilated. They're like, they just were not prepared for it. And uh, from 1967 to 1977, 10,000 priests left the church and 50,000 nuns left the church. It left a huge hole in the church. And the worst, many bought into the new age movement, garbage and Wicca and witchcraft, especially women were getting into goddess worship and all this stuff. And they started infiltrating it down through the Catholic school system, CCD programs. And we wonder why our church has exploded, why the pedophilia and scandals, all of this stuff happened. It's because the devil attacked our church during those years and we were not prepared. (laughs) And this church, this literally goes into like the deep dive. So if you want to know like more about it, we have a whole video on our church called Catholic Crisis. And we go into names and players and different things like that. But I just think it's interesting. Sorry to go off on a tangent. No, I mean, I think it's important to know about and we could do a whole other series about that too. I think it's just, it's interesting how the, the devil can really make something look so good, you know, and yet it's so bad. Because as as people were very visual, we're very um, you know physical creatures. We like to we like things that look nice and things that sound nice and things that feel nice. But not everything that looks, sounds, and feel nice, you know, is good for us. And um, I think we forget a lot of the times, especially in the world we live in, that suffering is a gift, and it's okay to suffer. And in fact, there is um, not just reward, but but there is usefulness in your suffering. You know, it's not in vain. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's very important to learn how to suffer and suffer well. And today we are just trying to figure out something to take the edge off and, you know, something that we can do to help relax and, and this and that. And while it is important because God does want you to be healthy and, and things like that, um, going towards new age movements and, and meditations and yoga and things is not the vibe. It's not how you do that. <laughs> or Reiki or the centering prayer or the law of attraction course in miracles or any of those other new age things that are just not going to, they're going to lead you away from God. Correct. Yeah. And it's, we see that more today than ever, but well, thank you so much, Brian, for coming on again and, and talking about this for the part two. I think it's a very interesting topic and Christian yoga is something I never actually specifically thought about. And maybe my listeners didn't either. Um, but it's a very interesting topic. Yeah, I find it fascinating. And I just find the whole topic fascinating. So thanks for allowing me to come up. And uh, hopefully I help some people to understand it more. Yeah, absolutely. And where can my listeners find you? Well, they can find us online. Our website is thecatholictruth.org, soon to be just catholictruth.org. Uh, or they could just uh, hashtag Catholic Truth. We have a Catholic Truth YouTube, Catholic Truth podcast, the Catholic Instagram, so on. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you so much, Brian. Again, I really appreciate you coming on. Hopefully that this podcast was helpful for those, um, the part two and everything, understanding yoga and how we can't Christianize yoga, but stretches aren't yoga. So hopefully this clarified some things for you guys and I'll talk to you guys in the next podcast. Bye guys.
Thank you so much for listening to A Catholic's Perspective with me, The Religious Hippie. Make sure to visit my official website at thereligioushippie.com, and while you're there, be sure to sign up for my newsletter to keep up to date with my latest news and offerings. You can also find me on virtually any social media site as The Religious Hippie. Thanks for listening! A quest is a search for something. And every week, the Quest podcast will show you how we know what we know, through interviews with people that have incredible stories of dedication and perseverance. I'm your host, Todd Fisher. Join me in this thought-provoking and inspiring podcast of discovery. Find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please be sure to rate and review this episode. This podcast is produced by Todd Fisher and Anthony Smith and is distributed by Metacortex Publishing. This podcast is copyright. Any previously trademarked or copyright content is used by permission. Information and opinions stated in this podcast should not be construed as medical advice. Please be sure and visit the official website for Metacortex Publishing at metacortexpublishing.com or find us on social media for other unique content.